0: The Michael Duke show. I have two guns, one
1: for each of you. But, but, but firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say
0: hello to my new friend! I say that the Second Amendment is in order of importance, the first amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all.
2: Keeping bare arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms.
0: From my cold, dead hands.
1: Friday.
0: That's my rifle. my This is
3: it's for fun.
2: Firearms Friday. Oh, baby. Firearms Friday. Your chance to sound off on issues of a 2A nature right here on the Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator, FM translator. Good morning and welcome to the program. It is, yes, that one day a week that we get a chance to sit down and talk about all the issues that we care about related to the Second Amendment and so much more. And I guess the first thing that I should say to you, my friends, is happy St. party Day. It's a, it's a wonderful warm day. Only 10 below outside here today. I'm broadcasting live from Fairbanks and it's a, it's a marvelous time. A marvelous time, I tell you. Uh, it's going to be good. Oh, it's gonna be fantastic. Uh it's just gonna be that darling corned beef, some cabbage, maybe some hot crust buns, and a little whiskey. Or something like that. I'm not sure what, but happy St. Patty's Day to you. I hope that you are enjoying it. Uh, and uh, I mean, I'm 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 ready. Uh I miss my corned beef. Miss my corned beef. My wife, I'm sure, at home is already getting the crock cooking for the uh For that delicious prime corned beef and cabbage uh, that we love so much on St. Patty's Day. So I'm hoping that she beats the kids down and keeps them away from it and leaves me a little bit so that I can have some uh, when I get home. Uh, I'm up at Fairbanks uh, this weekend. Uh, we're broadcasting the Open North American Championships, which of course is the uh, well. It's kind of the it's like the Iditarod. Only it's if the Iditarod is the Indy 500, you know, marathon lap 500 mile race, then the uh, then the Open North American Championships is the drag racing equivalent of that. It is the world championships for sprint dog racing, and so we're going to. Uh, uh, so we're going to see some we're going to see some good stuff, and it should be nice. It's supposed to be uh, fairly warm up here and everything. So if you're out in the Fairbanks area, and you're not doing anything this weekend, heading out to the Jeff Stoddard Memorial Raceway, the old Mushers Hall on Farmers Loop would be a fun time to get a chance to see some real old fashioned Alaskana stuff. I mean, some good stuff. So uh, if you're headed out there, uh, kicks off today. At 1pm, I believe it's 1pm every day Friday, I've been doing this for 15 years You'd think I'd know by now 1pm on Friday, Saturday and Sunday uh, For three solid days of uh, awesome, awesome dog racing So feel free to feel free to come on out And I'll be out there uh, broadcasting Don't talk to me while I'm doing it Because I'm, I'm going to be busy But you can come in, wave and say hi and If you come early or come late Uh, get a chance to say hi to you, shake hands, or whatever. That would be fantastic. Okay, Uh, what's on today's program? Oh, baby, do we got some stuff going on. Uh, We have got, uh, coming up in this hour, Dr. John Lott is going to be joining us, the author of the uh, book, of course, More Guns, Less Crime. He's the president of the Crime Prevention Research Center, Uh, We're going to be talking with him about, well, about all kinds of things, including the latest and greatest from President Biden, who on Tuesday issued some new executive. He's I'm going to get tough on crime. That's what he said. I'm going to get tough on crime. Uh, We're going to we're going to. Now, it's funny how every time he talks about getting tough on crime and cracking down, what he ends up doing is actually just cracking down on lawful legal gun owners. I mean, it's that's the it's the irony of this whole situation. Yeah, I'm not gonna get control yeah. You you're cracking down on lawful legal gun owners because why? Well, because you know criminals by their very definition uh, are they don't care about your stupid laws. That's what's going on. That's what's happening. So anyway, uh, it should be a very interesting uh, it should be a very interesting day today. John Lott's going to be with us. He's also written an article here recently with former Representative uh, Thomas Massey. Uh, They wrote a piece for Newsweek. uh, Not former, I guess current representative. Uh, He is, uh, Thomas Massey is a a congressman from Kentucky. He represents the 4th Congressional District, and he's the co-chair in the Congress of the Second Amendment Caucus. And this piece is... um, you know, is really good because it takes aim at that. I mean, we've all heard it. Right. We've all heard the the commentary on. Well, everybody supports gun control. Everybody supports background checks. But 90 percent of the last- we've already heard that. Right. They're always talking about the 90 percent of Americans support universal background checks. Uh, And then that's backed up by PolitiFact and Snopes and all the fact checkers and everything else. But, see, they don't really dig down into the issue because the survey asks – usually they ask a very simple question like, uh, you know, do you support or oppose requiring background checks on gun sales or transfers? And, of course, that's a very simple question. Uh, So Dr. Lott and the CPRC uh, went ahead and commissioned a poll that asked that question. But then – asked two follow-up questions, uh, including uh, the first follow-up question they asked is, because when they asked just that simple question uh, that, uh, that, I just, that I just read that just ran off the top of my screen, do you support or oppose requiring background checks on all gun sales or transfers? When they hired a, a, a firm to survey people and ask that question, likely voters expressed support for such laws. By an 86 to 11 margin, 86% said yes. Those who strongly supported the policy outnumbered those who strongly opposed 70 to 5%. All incomes, education levels, and demographics expressed such support for a law. So then they asked a follow-up question. It says first, These laws are called universal background checks. Let's say a stalker is threatening a female friend of yours late on a Saturday night. She asks if she can borrow your handgun until she has a chance to buy one. She is trained and has no criminal record. If you loaned her the gun, this law would make you a felon. Would you support or oppose the law? Respondents now oppose these background checks by a 44 to 42 percent margin. Democrats, liberals, singles living in urban areas, and blacks still strongly supported the laws. Republicans, moderates, and married people, those living in non-urban areas, opposed them. There was a second question offered. A Boy Scout troop is going going for his skeet shooting badges. A Boy Scout in a troop is going for his skeet shooting badges. If you lend the Scout master your shotguns, you would be committing a felony. Would you support or oppose this? The voters now oppose the policy 45 to 42 percent with a similar demographic breakdown. Uh, this is the same kind of thing that happens when you see surveys that ask questions about things like red flag laws. Uh, Because, again, they're all oversimplified into a one-sentence question, right? The surveys typically ask people if they support laws that allow guns to be temporarily confiscated by a judge from people considered by a judge to be a danger to themselves or others. I mean, that question seems kind of reasonable, and Americans have shown support for such laws when asked a simple question like that in a 2-to-1 or 3-to-1 margins but all 50 states already have involuntary commitment laws that do exactly the same thing. Surveys fail to explain how red flag laws will change the current law and bypass the normal legal and judicial processes. So CPRC also took a survey last year on red flag laws and they asked that question. Respondents were told after after they answered the question, respondents were told that no court proceedings Uh, Before an individual's guns are taken away and that there are no mental health care experts involved in the entire process support changed for such a law uh, to now 47 percent opposed the law. Finally, people in the survey were asked if they prefer involuntary commitment laws or red flag laws. But first, they were told that involuntary commitment laws provide for evaluations by medical uh, mental health experts. An emergency court hearing takes place before the judge's final decision. A lawyer is provided to the person if they can't afford one. And judges have a range of less extreme options, such as mandatory outpatient mental health care. Respondents favored the involuntary commitment laws over red flag laws by 40%. To 33 percent. So, I mean, this is a a very interesting article, which we're going to talk with Dr. a lot about. But it just shows, again, how these kind of surveys that they keep referring to are really nothing more than just kind of talking points. Uh, they do nothing but just they, they just provide talking points for these special interest groups to point at and say, oh, look, this is what's this is the bad stuff. This is the you know, don't you know that most Americans support the Well, but that's because, again, you've asked a very simple one sentence question on an issue that is highly, highly complex. I mean this is what I would call the Twitter syndrome, right? Where you try and boil down an issue that is just supremely complex in a 148 character tweet. That's what you're trying to do. And it just doesn't just you just can't it doesn't it doesn't do this. I mean, I this is this is insane. That that is what's going on. You cannot boil down these super complex issues into a 148 character tweet or a single simple question uh, on a survey. You have to give some background. you have to give some real world examples or talk about some of that stuff. So it's going to be it's going to be a, an interesting discussion with Dr. John Lott, who's going to be joining us uh, here uh, in just a few minutes here on the program this morning. Uh, later on in the show, we're going to open up the phone lines for gun Q and A. Gun Q and A all day. There's no such thing as a dumb gun question, so we're going to talk with uh, we're going to talk with you, the listener. We'll have the phone lines open and uh, um, and uh, see what you have to say. And of course, then we're going to finish up the show this morning with Willie Waffle from WaffleMovies.com. Willie's going to come in and give us our weekend entertainment and streaming report, and we're going to talk with him about. I, I don't know. All kinds of good stuff. It's going to be a fun discussion for sure. We're also going to dive down into the latest executive actions uh, by uh, President Biden, who has issued some executive orders uh, on Tuesday that are, well, I think I think one of the commentators called it uh, a mile wide and an inch deep, I think is how they described it. A mile wide and an inch deep, Uh, meaning it covers everything but really doesn't drill down and get into anything. Um, And we're starting to see some of these, uh, you know, of course, because some of the other executive orders are still under fire. We're talking about the bump stock ban and the arm brace ban and everything else uh, with injunctions and other things coming up. Bruin, the ramifications of the Bruin decision still resonating around the judicial system across the country so it should be uh it, it it should be interesting to see exactly what uh what happens here uh in the coming days but again i think that there was some first there was some fervor on tuesday when this came out and then it got uh well let's just say it it didn't uh it 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 it, it it's not really going anywhere so far but we'll we'll get that plus some reactions from some of the gun store dealers to the president's new, um, to the president's new uh, executive orders, and remember last week when we were talking about that little uh, county in uh, California where it was the sheriff who was arrested and is under indictment and is going to go to jail for gaming the system on the concealed carry permits by issuing them to her friends and supporters and donors, and it was the pay for play scheme. Um, well, California continues to just impress. There's the latest from Santa Monica, what now, where the uh, council members are saying the quiet part out loud, letting people know why it could cost up to $1,000 just to apply for a concealed carry permit in California. I mean, they just keep doing it. They just can't, they cannot help themselves on this. No matter what Bruin says about reasonableness and everything else, it's it's just it's kind of crazy. All right. Well, we've got to uh we've got to flee here. We gotta jump over and pay a few bills. So we're gonna be back with more. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show continues. It is your home for common sense, liberty-based, free thinking radio. We will return with more in just a moment and have Dr. John Lott on with us. It is Firearms Friday. Back with more right after this.
3: If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes on Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukeshow.com. How
2: heidi 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 How people. Um uh let's see, good morning Clark. Clark Clark on Twitch says, this is great. Clark over on Twitch says, let me get my mouse working here. Uh he says uh come on. He says he just wants a president who could potentially win a fistfight against another world leader. <laughs> I would say that that might that might be a requirement. That might be a requirement. I I think that would be not not necessarily be a bad thing. Uh, All right. So, good morning to you folks, and I hope everything is going well for you. You guys all ready to? uh, Oh, ready for the weekend? You ready? Are you ready for the Irish soda bread and the uh, corned beef and cabbage for tonight? That's the question. I'm ready. I'm I'm ready. I am ready. Um. Let me see here what's going on. Um, I'm talking to Dr. Lott here. Hold on a second. Talk amongst yourselves for a minute. Uh, all right he's having a hard time getting into the uh, getting in let me see here Uh, I'll send it over to him one more time I send him an invite Hopefully, we get, uh, okay. Well, we'll see, uh, we'll see what's going on. Um <laughs> Uh, what am I doing? It sounds like I'm watching cartoons. Oh, you're hearing the, you're hearing the uh, radio in the background. What's that playing live on the air on KFAR? I'm monitoring it from the background. That's what I'm doing right now. So that's just, it's just how it is around here. Okay. Um, who are you calling ho? What? What's going on? Good morning, Jeffrey. Good morning. Are you guys hearing the, uh, you guys, oh, you're hearing it through my microphone, so it's okay. Um, all right. What else we got here? Uh, Bill showed up finally. They were getting worried about you, Bill. They were getting worried they were going to do a welfare check on you. They are going to do a health check. Uh All right. So still waiting for Dr. Lott to come in here. I don't know why he's having a hard time with it. This should be a simple, uh, you will join the call when someone lets you in.
4: Um, Sorry.
2: sorry, guys. It's always tougher when you're remote trying to do things, uh, all that other kind of stuff. It's always difficult. Got to get people to read the full instructions. All right, here we go. Jump it back in. All right, welcome back to the program. It is the Michael Duke Show broadcasting live. Uh, it is Firearms Friday, and we are about to be joined by Dr. John Lott uh, from the Crime Prevention Research Center, author of the book More Guns, Less Crime, and so much more. I just saw him pop in and out of the uh I just saw him pop in and out of the chat room, so we're going to be uh, in, out of the green room. So he's going to be here in just a second. We are having a little bit of a, a technology challenge here this morning uh, as we go through. I see him now in the green room, so I think that we should uh, get ready to kick things off and uh, and get together here. We're going to join him, and we're going to talk all about his latest article With uh, Thomas Massey, as well as the, you know, I'm sure we're going to talk about the president's executive orders and everything else. Let's go over and say hi to him uh, uh, right now and get things going on. Good morning, Dr. Lott. How are you, my friend?
1: Doing okay. How about yourself?
2: You know, I've got no complaints. It's uh, Friday. It's St. Patty's Day. I get a chance to, uh, I get a chance to have some some delicious corned beef and celebrate some heritage of my family. It's going to be a fun time, uh, and of course, we get a chance to do Firearms Friday, which is an exciting thing for us today, and to have you on as a guest. So it, it's all it's all roses, sir. It's all roses. Um, you've written this article with uh, Thomas Massey here recently, which I think is fantastic because, uh, as I was talking about earlier, it seems like one of the major problems when it comes to these debates on firearms and guns and everything else is the uh, is the big deal is we're trying to simplify a very very complex issue. And, I, and it's like we've Twitter-fied it. We're trying to take a complex issue and break it down to 148 characters in a single-sentence question, and things just don't work that way, right? I mean, that's exactly what you're saying, I think, in this, uh, in this article when it's all said and done.
1: I mean, you have bills that are literally dozens of pages long, and they summarize it with one sentence, as you say and uh, often the way it comes across like on these universal background checks is basically asking people whether they want criminals to get guns or not of course everybody says no they don't want that uh and so but uh the devils are in the details there in terms of it has a lot of implications for how people can live their lives that they may not realize from that one sentence so you take something like. These universal background checks, which gun control people claim have 95 or 97 percent support uh, from Americans, Uh, you know, the puzzle for me has always been: if it's really 95 or 97 percent support for that, uh, you know, why aren't all the states adopting it? What? Why when they put when Michael Bloomberg's groups put these initiatives on the ballot, uh, don't they get passed? Uh, so, uh, in 2016, the last time Bloomberg's groups tried to put this on the ballot, he outspent the other side. But
2: hold on, we just lost Doctor Lott here. Uh, we just you're uh, you just you just locked up. Hold on a second, Doctor Lott. Let me re-add you back to the screen. We lost your audio for a second here. And uh, let's try this. uh, Let's try this one more time here and see if we can get you back on and see if we can get you back. All right. Whoops. We just we just lost him completely. All right. Uh, Dr. John Lott is going to try and reconnect here. Uh, We're talking with him. He is the author of the book More Guns, Less Crime uh, and also the president of the CPRC, the Crime Prevention Research Center. Uh, And we're going to continue our conversation with him this morning here in just a second um and uh we'll 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 make this happen uh one way or the other there we go i see dr lott now has rejoined let's try rejoin let's try let's this try one this. more let's time one more time good morning doctor good morning doctor right, how are you doing good okay all right i'm sorry i apologize we lost your connection there for a second on the audio side so continuing your discussion this is the problem, that they're trying to take it and nail it down to a single question when it's much more complicated, and then they use those as the talking points after, and of course nobody wants criminals to get guns, nobody wants bad people to, get, to do bad things, but they don't think about it beyond that initial first question.
1: Right. So, you know, you take something like uh, these background checks on private transfers of guns, uh, the last time Bloomberg's groups tried to put these on the ballot was 2016. Uh, you know, in Maine, uh, Bloomberg outspent the other side by 20 to 1 uh, and he got massive favorable news coverage, and yet they lost by four percentage points. Well, you know, if you're outspending the other side 20 to 1 and uh, it's really true that you have 95 percent support for it, you know, how can you lose uh, a, a vote like that? Uh, had something similar happen in Nevada when they put it on. And so it's not too surprising that they haven't tried to put initiatives on the ballot again after that. Um, And, uh, you know, and and so it raises questions about what these surveys are actually showing. So what we did, we hired uh, McLaughlin and Associates, the Crime Prevention Research Center did. And... uh, We asked the question that you see asked in Gallup and other places, and that is, uh, do you support background checks on all gun sales and transfers? And when we asked the question, about 86% said yes, uh, only 11% said no. All demographic breakdowns that you could look at said that they thought this was a great idea. Um, You know, uh, strong support was 70% to only 5% strongly against it. The thing is, then we asked a couple follow-up questions that kind of got into the details that I think are missed in that simple one-sentence summary, as you're referring to it. And uh, we asked one question was, uh, these are called universal background check. Uh, Let's say uh, a a woman friend of yours calls you up on a Saturday night uh, telling you that her ex is threatening her and wondering if she can temporarily borrow your gun until she has a chance to go and buy one herself. And uh, um, uh, you know she's well-trained, you know that she has no criminal record, Uh, but if you lend her your gun, you will be committing a felony. Uh, Does this change your decision whether or not to support this law or not? And you go from having overwhelming support to people actually being somewhat slightly against uh, this law by 44 to 42. Um, we asked another question, follow up question. Uh, let's say uh, a scout troop is going to have its annual skeet shooting merit badge. Um, this scout master asks if he can temporarily borrow one of your shotguns uh, so that the troop can use it. Well. If you lend him your gun, uh, you'll be committing a felony. You know, does that change your opinion of whether you support or oppose the law? And then by about 45 to 42 percent, people oppose the law. So, you know, you can see how just some minor additional information there can radically change people's opinion. It just shows you how unreliable these surveys are. But you're right. Uh, these surveys like that are used constantly. Uh, I've testified recently in a few state legislatures around the country on these laws. And uh, this, these surveys are constantly put forward. And it's, it's just not for that. We also did something with regard to red flag laws. Um, you know, uh, the way the questions are asked for red flag laws are uh, do you support a judge being able to temporarily take away a person's guns if they are a danger to themselves or others? And uh, by about two to one or three to one margin, the surveys show that people support that. But there's a basic problem, and that is every state in the country already has that law. They've right. had it for you know, a half century or right. so in, in many cases. Uh, what it doesn't get at is how the red flag laws kind of change things from the way they are. And so uh, we asked a follow-up question, and that is, does your opinion of this law change if you're told that there is no uh, hearing uh, before the judge makes the decision whether or not to take away a person's guns, and there are no mental health care professionals involved in the process? When you raise that point, It goes from about two to one support to almost two to one opposition. Um, And then we asked another question, that is, all these states have these involuntary commitment laws. Uh, And we explained briefly what it was, that involuntary commitment laws, if you're concerned about somebody being a danger to themselves or others, uh, and you report it to the police, the police will come out. And if they evaluate the individual as a reasonable probability, which basically means about 20% chance that the person is in fact a danger to themselves or others, uh, the police will take them in for an immediate mental health care evaluation. If the mental health care experts agree that the person with a reasonable chance is a danger to themselves or others, there will be an immediate uh, uh, court hearing If the person can't afford a lawyer, one will be provided for them. And then the judge will hear the evidence and make a decision. if the judge thinks it's likely that the person is a danger to themselves or others, he has a broad range of options. He can go and uh, say, if you voluntarily go and see a mental health care professional, uh, we'll have another follow-up hearing in a week or two to see how that's going. Uh, he could take away the person's driver's license. He could take away the person's guns. Uh, he could go, in the most extreme cases, involuntarily commit the person. Um, and so we asked people whether they supported that or the red flag laws. And by a 40% to 33% margin, uh, people supported uh, the involuntary commitment laws. Right. And as I say, all the states, including Alaska, already have that. Well, I listened to Biden earlier this week, uh, where he wants to go and use uh, a lot of federal dollars to go and um, convince people that they should go and use these red flag laws. And I think that's a real mistake, uh, because in the states that have these red flag laws, the only thing that a red flag law does is allow a judge to take away a person's guns. And if you really believe somebody's suicidal, for example, which is what occurs in about 99 percent of these uh, cases uh, involving red flag laws, simply taking away a person's guns is not a serious response to concerns about the person committing suicide. There's so many other ways that people can go and commit suicide and, in fact, do commit suicide. Right. Right. When I was involved in testimony uh, over the last few weeks uh, in different states, uh, the gun control people will say, well, you know, if you compare your ability to commit suicide with a gun versus all other methods, guns are much more lethal, much more likely to be successful. And that's true if you lump everything else together, but that's really misleading because there's some things like taking sleeping pills or cutting one's wrist, which rarely work, but I think it's mainly because people don't want them to work. Um, but, you know, you take five sleeping pills, that's not going to work. But there are lots of methods that are just as lethal, uh, in fact, virtually exactly the same, some even slightly more lethal than using a gun. So, for example, hanging oneself, uh, going and stepping in front of a train or a bus, jumping from a hike, uh taking cyanide are just some of the ways of committing suicide that have virtually identical, I mean, literally within less than a percentage point uh, in some of these cases, of being just as lethal as shooting yourself in the head with a handgun.
2: Well, and so all of those things, again, the point is there are many, many options, and this is a method that the gun control crowd has used for many, many years is by lumping by lumping the suicides in with the homicides and things like that, they've created these problems They've created this this uh, this false dichotomy of saying, "Well, it it all has to do with uh, it all has to do with guns." It, it's always about you know the guns. It makes the gun uh, homicides or deaths look worse and everything else. It's been a real problem, and uh, and I think this just shows it. What kills me about the red flag laws and everything else is that is the complete and total lack of due process. Um, that is involved in that. And I think your research shows that that is uh, one of the biggest issues here that we're dealing with. Uh, Dr. Lott, I want to continue, but we are coming up on the break. And so uh, we're going to... We're going to take the break real quick, and we're going to come back, and I want to talk a little bit more about this, and then I want to get your opinions on the rest of the uh, uh, discussion that uh, President Biden um, was talking about, President Biden, of course, talking about uh, including universal background checks with everything. So we're going to continue here in just a moment. The uh, Michael Duke Show continues. Dr. John Lott is our guest, and we're going to be back with him here. In just a second, don't go anywhere. We'll return with your home for common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio right here on Firearms Friday. Back with more and Dr. John Lott right after this.
1: Our light, our guide, and our trusted friend.
2: Dr. Lott is our guest here on the program this morning as we continue here in the commercial break. Man, Uh, we've got uh, more coming up. Dr. Lott, uh, let me ask a question from the chat room here. Um, Anthony asked the question, the anti-gun crowd loves uh, usage of survey data and statistics. It's just collecting aggregate data with a ba- with a bias, and can be entirely manipulated uh, manipulated to lean one way or the other in the end. So they can point and say, "See, ninety two percent of people think the way that they do." That's kind of your whole point in this article, right? From uh, with you and Thomas Massey is again taking a complex article uh, uh, issue, boiling it down to a simple question that doesn't have a simple answer, and then utilize it strictly as a talking point to say, see, 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 this is what Americans want.
3: Right.
1: No, I mean, I I think that's right. Uh, People can go to our website at crimeresearch.org to read the article that Thomas Massey and I have, as well as other things. But, you know, I'm not even sure that the pollsters understand uh, kind of all the intricacies of the laws, and I can't expect them either to go and read a 30-page bill. Right. Uh, to someone that they're going to be asking a question about. And I'm not even sure, with all the legalese that's included in these bills, there that most people would understand it even if it was read to them. Um, and, uh, you know, so if you have to boil something down to a sentence or two, uh, you can understand why it could be misleading. But, right uh, you know, and I'm sure that the gun control people might. Want to bring up another fact that I'm not bringing up in our surveys, sure. but I think it just shows how incredibly sensitive these results are. I mean, you can go from on the red flag laws, uh, you can go from two to one support to almost two to one opposition just by mentioning two facts the fact that um, there's no uh, due process, uh, and that there's no hearing before the judge makes a decision and that there are no mental health care professionals involved. I mean, I could have gone into more detail. Sure. Uh, you know, So all the judge sees is a piece of paper in right. front of him. He doesn't with the complaint. He doesn't talk to the people who make the complaint. He doesn't talk to the person who the complaint is made against. Uh, simply based on that piece of paper there, uh, he makes a decision whether or not to take away a person's guns. I mean, it could be somebody who just dislikes the person. Or wants to cause trouble for the person or whatever is doing that which is you know there are other things we caught up you know so under involuntary commitment uh you if you can't afford a lawyer once provided for you well under red flag laws when they eventually do have a hearing which could be a month after they've taken away your guns um it can cost ten thousand dollars to go and do that Uh, that's what lawyers involved in the process tell me well you you may want to keep your guns, but the only thing that happens to you if you lose the red flag law case is your guns are taken away. Well, is it how many people are willing to spend, assuming they have $10,000 laying around, how many people are willing to spend $10,000 to be able to go and keep their guns? Right. And what you find is that the vast majority of people who go through the process uh, don't find it worthwhile to be able to go and keep their guns.
2: Right. You'd so, have to, you'd you, have to have a lot of guns to have ten thousand dollars worth of guns, right? I mean, you know, if you if you if they, well, I'm, gonna, I'm just I may have
1: one gun, I may have one gun, or I may have a hundred. Right. whether I have one or a hundred, am I willing to spend ten thousand dollars to hire a lawyer to go and represent me when the only thing that's going to happen to me is they're going to take away my guns, right? Uh, You know. uh, and even then, they may just take it away for a year or something like that, or two years. So, is it is it worth it? And most people are going to most people, in fact, say the vast majority of people don't hire a lawyer. They go in and represent themselves, which makes it much more likely that they'll lose. But even in that case, even with people going in and representing themselves, about two thirds of the time, uh, the judges. Uh, basically let the person have their guns back so it just anyway it's uh, I, there are lots of details that one could get into that I think are shocking to most people but I think right look there's a reason why the gun control advocates didn't go and just say look we don't like this part of the involuntary commitment law let's try to make some tweaks to it they wanted to have a whole new law and the reason why they did, was a couple fold, actually. One is uh, all the uh, civil rights protections and the involuntary commitment laws uh, they wanted to remove. Uh, right. And it's a lot more difficult to go and remove it in an existing law than it is to go and start with a new law Great. where they were never included. Exactly. To begin with.
2: Exactly. All right. Hold on, Dr. Lott. We're coming back into it here. We're about 30 seconds out. Folks, uh, like and share this show, like and follow the show page. Uh, you could find Dr. Lott over at crimeresearch.org if you want to take a look at his writings and everything that he does and the media that he does. Lots of great information there, including stats and statistics and other thoughts. So go check that out again at C- at uh, crimeresearch.org. We continue with uh, Dr. John Lott here, The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Here we go. All right, we are continuing now with Dr. John Lott from the Crime Prevention Research Center. Uh, We've been talking about his article in Newsweek uh, that he wrote with uh, Congressman Thomas Massey. About uh, red flag laws, about the uh, universal background check, and how it's being used basically as a talking point by those on the uh, on the anti gun side to try and show that there's this universal support when it's not really there. And I think that could be shown, Doctor Lot, by the fact that uh, in many states uh, and in many places they've attempted this, and it just it has not passed or it has passed barely. Uh, and and I think that's part of the problem. And now we have the president who came out on Tuesday with uh, some more executive orders and some commentary uh trying to reinforce this I- this idea that the universal background checks are the panacea uh and of course now as you said earlier encouraging everybody to flood the red flag system in these various states with all these calls uh genuine or not uh to try and and make uh and make it happen and that's that's problematic let's talk about the president's new executive orders for a minute
1: Right. I mean, we have a write up on this at our website at crimeresearch.org. But look, you know, he mentions universal background checks. He talks about an assault weapons ban. He talks about red flag laws. Uh, he talks about other types of laws. California already has all the laws that he talked about there. And yet, California. Uh, it's weird that he would go there and and point to one of the mass public shootings that they've had there as justification for the rest of the United States to adopt these laws. Because California has the, a rate per capita rate of these attacks that's higher than the rest of the nation on average. And uh, so, you know, it's just kind of strange optics, him going there. But, you know, beyond that, you know, you mentioned the universal background checks. These are background checks on uh, the private transfer of guns. He, uh, you know, there's not one mass public shooting this century that would have been stopped if the entire country had had universal background checks, not just California and a number of these other states, and had been perfectly enforced. Uh, But yet the media doesn't ask questions about that, doesn't say, well, would it have stopped uh, the attack in Monterey Park, California, where she's going to? No, it wouldn't have stopped it. Uh, So why is he bringing this up as his big first solution uh, to this problem? He talks about assault weapons ban. Well, California already has an assault weapons ban, uh, and it, it wasn't even relevant for the attack that occurred in Monterey Park, where he was at, uh, because the person used handguns, which is what occurs in about 58% of these mass public shootings, just solely a handgun use. Um, and uh, But the media doesn't ask him, well, okay, you go to California, you speak on this, would this have stopped any of the recent mass public shootings? It didn't stop them, you know, and California already has an assault. Right, mass. right. And, uh, um, uh, you know, and then uh, he talks about red flag laws and the federal government now, uh, unfortunately, because of the uh, budget agreement that came out last, late last year, uh, is giving literally hundreds of millions of dollars uh, to states uh, that adopt or expand their red flag laws and also spending huge amounts of money on advertising, exactly as you say, to go and uh, encourage people in the states with red flag laws to use them. And my concern is a real public safety issue. If you, about 99% of the time that these red flag laws are used, uh, they're used uh, to try to prevent somebody from committing suicide. But if you really believe that somebody is suicidal, Simply taking away their guns, which is all red flag laws do uh, and not involving mental health care professionals in the process, simply isn't a serious solution to the problem. You have much better laws that are already on the books. You have these involuntary commitment laws that we were talking about before, uh, which involve mental health care professionals in the process and give uh, judges a much broader ray of ways to go and deal with these problems right Uh, you know there's so many different ways that somebody can go and commit suicide so many different ways that are just as lethal and if you go and uh simply take away a person's guns uh you know there's just no evidence i believe that you're going to stop them from committing suicide look there are places in the united states and around the world that have banned guns we've seen Washington, D.C. and Chicago uh, banned handguns for uh, many years. There's no change in total suicides. Uh, Gun control advocates will point to data on the number of firearm suicides, and those may fall. But to me, the issue is what happens to total suicides. And you simply see people switching to other methods, you know, hanging oneself, uh, walking in front of a train or a bus you know, jumping off a a height someplace that are just as lethal Uh, In killing people is is Shooting oneself
2: Well and you touch on uh, an important point here That the news media is not asking These further questions The news media is not asking Okay you say you want these laws You want the universal background checks Or you want to use all these other things And none of them is asking the question Well would that have made a difference You've talked in the past about Kind of the complicity of the news media In covering these events And even though Even their own talking heads are talking about Well we need more this We need more that and people should be asking the question, well, would that have fixed this situation? And all, in almost every case, the answer is an obvious no. It wouldn't have fixed well, the situation. In the case
1: of universal background checks, it's always been no. Every single mass public shooting this century, none of them would have been stopped. Uh, you know, So he goes out to California. He goes to Monterey Park where there was this mass murder that occurred there. And you would think, okay, you're going there, you're showcasing this case. Would any of the laws that you're pushing just ask? Would I mean? It seems like a natural question for the reporters to ask. Would any of these laws have stopped this attack? And the answer is no. So Biden, he goes and brings up arguments, uh, you know, saying, well, you know, uh, in order for California laws to work, uh, you have to impose this on the rest of the country. Well, you know. An obvious question then is, did the guy get his guns from another state then? Is that the reason why you're saying you have to have these laws in another state? And the answer is no. He got his guns in California. Uh, He bought them legally in California. Uh, All these mass public shootings this year in California, in fact, virtually all the mass public shootings except for two over the last 25 years uh, the murderers obtained the guns in the state where the attack occurred. Uh, you know, you have one exception in uh, in Washington DC where the person had obtained a shotgun in Virginia where he lived. Uh, you had another case uh, a couple decades ago uh, where uh, somebody got a gun in a different state. But uh, you know, it's not, you, you just would think somebody would ask one of those questions that you're pointing out and they just, the media, refuses to ask them
2: dr john lott is our guest uh the author of the book gun control myths the war on guns more guns less crime he's the president of the crime prevention research center he's got this latest article out with thomas massey uh, on newsmax i'll post a link to that thanks in the chat you. room uh dr uh dr lott thanks for coming in and joining us this morning we appreciate it. if you hold the line for just one second we'll be sure, uh, Michael. we'll we'll I would say
1: people me. can find them all the articles and everything we're talking about more easily at our website at crime org. crime dot okay. G.
2: All right. Well, I appreciate that. We continue with more. We got uh, open line, open forum, continuing right after this gun Q and a, and we will talk more about this in just a moment. The Michael Duke show common sense radio, be kind, love one another, live well. We'll see you in hour two. All right, Dr. Lott, I wanted to give you a chance for any final thoughts or anything else as we watch this. Uh, Clark in the chat room asks, what would prevent these atrocities? And I think maybe that's the question that we should be asking instead of throwing a lot of stuff against the wall to see what sticks, especially things that we know is not working. So in your mind, what would prevent these atrocities?
1: Well, we write about that a lot. And I think the big thing to go and look at is to read these guys' diaries and manifestos. And if anything comes through clearly, is that these guys plan them long in advance. Their goal is to get media coverage. uh, And they know the more people they kill, the more media coverage that they're going to get. I'm not arguing we should get rid of the First Amendment, but we should look to see what they're saying. And what they they explicitly plan is that they wanna go to places where they know victims can't defend themselves because they know if they go there, they're gonna be more successful in killing people and get more media attention. So you look at the mass public murder uh, last year in Buffalo at the grocery store, uh, He, in his, his manifesto, he, as it occurs many times, explicitly talks about why he picked the target that he did. And the reason why he picked the target was because he wanted to go to a place where he didn't think people would have permanently concealed handguns, because that would make it easier for him to go and kill people. Uh, you know, these guys may be crazy in some sense, but they're not stupid. Uh, and we don't need to get rid of the First Amendment in order to take away their goal of getting media attention. If you have somebody there quickly with a gun who's able to go and stop the attack, uh, you're able to take away what's in their work mind, their goal of going in and killing lots of people and getting media attention.
2: Dr. And So,
1: you know, my argument is get rid of these gun-free zones. You yeah. know, the irony is, is that gun control people push for gun-free zones, and then you have more mass public killings, and then they go and push for more gun control rather than going back and getting rid of the gun control <laughs> that caused uh, the problem to begin with.
2: Well, that's the thing. I mean, there should be like a whole article of nothing but the quotes from all these madmen who go to these. Have yeah, it just shows yeah, I'm going to the gun-free zone because X, Y, and Z, and then say this is the problem. But as you said, you're writing about it. But the complicity of the news media is they're not in. They're not talking about any of this. They they it's all head in the sand. Oh, it must be all these other options that are going to fix the problem. When you can see. That they don't. That's that's the biggest, that's the most frustrating part of this whole thing, I'm sure.
1: Well, there are many frustrating parts. I'll give you one, another example, and that is the media reports on these guys' manifestos. I mean, I don't know how many times uh, the New York Times over the last year has talked about the Buffalo mass murderers uh, manifesto there and that, you know, he's a racist and what have you, and that they call him a conservative right-winger. Uh, it's really amazing, but they don't mention the fact that this guy explicitly talked about why he picked the target that he did. You think that would be interesting? But they refuse. The media refuses to mention that. Of course, they also uh, want to call him a right winger when this guy was an environmentalist. The reason why he hated minorities was because he was—he claimed that they had too many children and that having children damaged the environment. He wanted to reduce the population for the United States and the world. Uh, right. He calls himself a socialist. So, I mean, I don't know how many <laughs> uh, conservatives that you know, Michael, who are advocating that people don't have kids and getting upset with uh, people who have children right. and who call themselves a socialist.
2: Right, he's an but, eco-terrorist is what he is, essentially, in this right, case. Right.
1: Yeah, He called himself an eco-terrorist. So it just... You know, and it's not just that. I mean, I have another piece that I recently wrote uh, that's up on our website about uh, how uh, the Biden administration and the Anti Defamation League and uh, the news media, the New York Times and Washington Post, keep on talking about this violence by right wingers. Well, you know, most of these murders that they're pointing to, whether it be the El Paso mass murder or uh, or the Buffalo Mass Murder, or many others, are these environmentalists who are who are upset about minorities having kids? And so uh, the media, whenever anybody's a racist, uh, the media immediately describes them as a conservative and a right winger, even though uh, you know they have the reason why they're racist has absolutely nothing to do with them being conservative. I mean, how many? How many Republican politicians uh, tell people not to have kids? Uh, but I can think of AOC, for example, who questions right. people who should have kids. Right. I can think of Biden, who talks about uh, climate change as being an existential threat to the very existence of mankind. Right. I'm not blaming them for some crazy person going out and killing other people. But you can surely see the relationship between... People saying, you know, these people having children uh, may end the existence of mankind totally, and why some people think that they're doing, you know, the right thing by going and killing minorities or something like that.
2: Dr. John Lott has been our guest. I've posted a link in the chat room. CrimeResearch.org is where you go to find all his writings. Dr. Lott, thanks for taking the time to come in this morning uh, and working through our tech issues and everything else. I appreciate that. We appreciate you being part of it today.
1: Thank you very much, Michael. Uh, Thank you for being there.
2: All right. Appreciate you coming in and joining us. We'll see you. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much. Uh, All right, Dr. John Lott, uh, crimeresearch.org, again, is where you go to find out all his stuff. We're coming up on hour two, Dead Ahead. The Michael Duke Show continues. It is your home for common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. We return with more in just a moment. Don't go anywhere.
3: thing back in its holster we haven't gone anywhere i don't understand check out the michael dukes show.com for information on how to get access to the podcast the michael duke show i have two
0: guns one for each of you B- 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 Firearms Friday.
1: As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To
4: be at all times armed. Say hello to my
0: friend. I say that the Second Amendment is in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. Michael King.
5: The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed.
2: Not be infringed. Firearms.
0: From my cold, dead hands. Friday. That's my rifle,
1: my gun. This is
2: for fighting,
0: it's for fun.
2: Firearms Friday. Firearms Friday. Your chance to sound off on issues of a 2A nature right here. On the Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator and live around the world at MichaelDukeShow.com on the Internet, along with the uh, uh, the podcast, the, uh, the links to our social media sites and everything else. It is hour two of the broadcast and we've just finished up with Dr. John Lott president of the Crime Prevention Research Center. You can find them at crimeresearch.org. And uh, we would, uh, would love for you to go out there and take a look at all the writings and things that he's been talking about. Uh, he he, he hits you right upside the head with all kinds of facts and figures and uh, statistics and things like that, instead of getting down into the emotionally driven weeds on a lot of these things. He, uh, he takes care of that. So it is uh, good stuff, and I hope you go out there and take a look at it and, uh, and uh, take a look at his writings there as well. Hour two of the big radio program this morning. As we continue, we've got some more stories to talk about as well, and we're going to go ahead and open up the phone lines right now. If you would like to give us a call, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh, it is gun Q&A, which means there is no such thing. As a dumb gun question, uh, we will answer whatever questions uh, that you want to uh, you know that you wanna you wanna talk about. That's what it's all about. So we're gonna go ahead and uh, open up the phone lines right now at 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. If you have anything to say or anything to talk about that's related to guns or firearms, now is the time to uh, jump in and. And do that and uh, to uh, to come on and be part of it, uh, to ask the question and to talk 907-433-3150. And of course, we'd like to say thank you to our friends at Satellite West for sponsoring today's program. Satellite West, uh, wherever you are, from NACNIC to Nanilchik, from Ninana to um, I I can't think of another N one just start right off the top of my head. Uh, anyway, uh, wherever it is old harbor to uh, to, to Kodiak to uh, Cordova wherever you go it's all there. Satellite West keeps you connected. Uh, just go check them out at satellitewest.com whether it's phone calls or emails or text messages or just surfing the internet. they've got the technology to make sure that you stay connected. so special thanks to uh, Nikol- Nikolsk. thank you so much I appreciate that Bill. Um, uh, go to satellitewest.com for providing it. Bill was providing me with another N word. Oh, that New Haven. There's another one. Thank you. Um all right. So some other stories that are coming out including the uh gun stores and gun dealers reactions to the uh to the uh, <coughs> uh president's executive orders. But uh, the phone lines just blew up. So I guess we'll start by taking some phone calls this morning and seeing what you have to say. Again, the number to call 907 907- 433-3150. Let's uh, go over to the phones, first things first, and start talking to folks and see what uh, is on your mind this morning on this beautiful St. Pati's Day Firearms Friday. We go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
6: Hey, good morning, Mike. It's Fred.
2: How you been? Hey, Fred, down in Rhode Island. What's happening, my friend? What's going on in your world?
6: Oh, no, same old, same old, basically over here. Uh, the reason why I called it is, you know, you shouldn't be too surprised about, you know, all this business about the uh, Biden shooting his mouth off again, you know, without uh, engaging the brain, as to what, you know, his, his grand solution to the uh, the gun problems in this country, which isn't really a gun problem, it's a crime problem. But then again, they refuse to address that because it's not part of their narrative. You know, their secret agenda is to just get rid of the Second Amendment and disarm everybody, you know, without question, without question regardless of the second, regardless of, to fill a right to the constitution or anything else,
2: you know. Yeah.
6: And uh once again I think the international community's got a lot to do with it. the news media is right in right marching right in line with all this nonsense anyway. So you know they're totally unbelievable. And uh you know I think that people have just have to stop being hoodwinked. They just have to wake up and smell the coffee and say that this is their agenda. Regardless of anything else that they say, this is what they're up to and this is their this is their end game. And you know, they just this is this is it this this is all all of it to it
2: Well, that would require some accurate thought, and it would require some, you know, critical thinking on their part when they look at these things. Uh, Again, anytime something happens, a, a shooting or whatever, the first call is for, you know, again, universal background checks, assault weapons bans, all these other things. And, you know, at that point, somebody has to say, well, will those, I mean, it's like Dr. Lott was saying, these are very simple questions to ask. Would those things have worked to prevent this tragedy, whatever the tragedy was, this tragedy X, would it have would it have worked to fix those tragedies? And the answer, as he points out, is no, uh, it wouldn't have. But again, that's going to require some accurate thought and some critical thinking, which uh, I think, unfortunately, we're severely lacking in this country right now.
6: True, absolutely true. Well, I'm, kind of, I'm you know, just and an offshoot and there's really no evidence to it, but I'm kind of wondering if there's some group that is manipulating somebody's actions from taking place. In, in in the fact that they're taking place, it's kind of a it's kind of an abstract way of looking at it. But when you add it, when you connect the dots, everything lines up perfectly for this to happen.
2: Well, I would say, that uh, I mean, like I that don't...
6: incident over there in Uvalde, the right. incident in Uvalde. I mean, it raises too many, too many, too many obvious questions. How right. does a kid flipping burgers at Wendy's get you know come up with like four or five thousand dollars to buy guns, and ammunition, and body arms? What well, does that
2: ask? I mean, it's a good question. I don't know if there's some big conspiracy or not, but I do know that as we look at these things, we need to, again, analyze them and look at them critically. And I think that that's not what's happening, uh, Fred. I don't know if there's a big conspiracy. I, I don't know. It's it's hard to think that maybe that's I what's mean, well, going I, on. I, but,
6: I, I will admit it is a little flaw fetch. But then again, it's not out of the realm of possibility. You know, if you understand yeah. what, I'm, what I'm coming from,
2: I'm all right. Well, Fred, I appreciate you calling in. I hope you have a super St. Patty's Day, and thank you for calling in and, be, uh, and be, uh, being part of it today. Thanks for thanks for being here.
6: Hey, have a good week. Talk to you
2: later. Uh, you too, my friend. Thanks for calling in. Let's go over to the next line and see what else folks have to say there. Uh, we start off uh, right over here uh, one more time. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
4: Good morning, Michael. It's Kevin McCabe calling from Juno.
2: Hey, Kevin. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. I had asked Kevin to call in because in the chat room, there's been a lot of discussion about Kathy Tilton's new bill HB 61, uh, which is getting a lot of pushback from uh, Moms Demand Action and a bunch of other folks uh, in relation to this being a gun bill. So um, I'm not <clears throat> I'm not educated enough to understand. Uh, or to explain what this bill covers um uh, Kevin so if you could give us a little bit of a rundown of what hb61 covers and where it is in the process and what we need to be doing uh, maybe you could uh, maybe you could help us out here
4: sure I appreciate the opportunity so at its heart this is the uh, the anti-berkowitz or the anti-reagan um, uh, New Orleans Katrina bill and it seeks to prevent mayors and officials governors from uh, declaring an emergency during a time of emergency and shutting down selectively shutting down gun stores or sporting goods stores so it does it does four things essentially it prohibits the posi- it um, it says during a disaster emergency declared under AS 262320 the governor a state agency or municipality may not issue or adopt an order, proclamation, regulation, ordinance, or policy, one, forbidding the possession use or transfer of a firearm, a firearm accessory, ammunition, or other weapon for personal use, uh, two, ordering the seizure or confiscation of a firearm, three, limiting the quantity or placing other restrictions on the sale or service of firearms, And four um, is the uh, sort of savings clause that basically says uh, we don't want to be treated differently. Gun stores shouldn't be treated differently. They should be treated the same. So it says unless the closure or limitation applies equally to all forms of commerce within the jurisdiction. So it basically says all or nothing. You either close down all stores or or you close down none. You can't just close down a Cabela's or a sporting goods store because it sells guns uh, in time of emergency and if you think about it I mean here we are in Alaska 16 or 17 percent of our food comes from subsistence and that includes all the rural villages and that sort of thing and if you close down a Cabela's not only are you closing down gun store but it's bow and arrow uh, fishing gear all that sort of thing that we would use for subsistence in an emergency so well, there's a there's a number of things it, you know it's a it's a two-a bill, but at its heart, really, it's a it's a free market bill. Um. Right. And as you You point out, it's the
2: as you point out, it's the anti Berkowitz bill. And the reason why that's brought out is because during the pandemic closures, um, sporting goods stores were marked pretty much around the country as an essential as an essential business. But here in Anchorage, Berkowitz was sending out the code enforcement police to slap signs on the front doors of places like Sportsman's and Cabela's and Bass Pro to shut down those businesses, uh, saying that they weren't essential, which is. Insane at that point for all the things that those stores offer. That's a that's a crazy crazy thing, and there's been a lot of pushback, and you're not getting much support so far on this bill, right?
4: Right. So uh, about two to one right now. Um, emails in uh, opposing this bill, surprisingly, even from the Alaska gun rights people, which is uh, Rick McClure and uh, his son David Eastman staffer. I'm not sure they, opposed, they claim they opposed it because of the uh, clause in number four that says we're basically the same as any other store and you have to treat us the same as any other store. Uh, we specifically put that in there because we don't want to put the gun stores on a pedestal. Um, this this uh, bill was written by the NRA. They called in to support it. So, uh, you know, I, I think a little bit of the... Uh, gun rights, Alaska. or Alaska gun rights folks pushback is because they want to be different from the NRA or something. I don't right, know. Right, right. But uh, that's causing a little bit of confusion amongst gun owners. Is why does the NRA support it, and Alaska gun rights doesn't support it. So right, or is opposed to it. So
2: and there's a lot of been there's been it's a mobile Yeah, there's been a mobilization of the anti crowd as well. Is it like Moms Demand Action? I think are in Juneau or out there making their voices heard
4: oh yeah there were there were several of them in the audience uh, yesterday even though there was no public testimony i'm sure that they're formulating their arguments based on what they heard from the committee uh in uh, community and regional affairs so we're going to hear that again on tuesday i believe and there will be public testimony as well community and regional affairs typically meets at eight in the morning and I think we're probably going to hear the public testimony on HB 61, which is Kathy Tilton's bill, the one we're talking about, probably first. So I know it's early, but it is what it is, and I'm hoping that we get, we will probably have uh, several a dozen or more in the room, and uh, we would sure like to have as many as possible on the phone uh, testifying. Biggest thing is we don't want to be different. We just right. want to be gun, right. Gun stores just want to be the same. Just want that. to be treated like, like every other business.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, how do folks uh, get in to testify, or do they? I mean, can they send emails? Is the is the testimony on the telephone more important? What's the What's the best thing to do here, Kevin?
4: Um, yeah. Typically, uh, emails emails are good. Um, you can email me at. Uh, um, rep.kevin.mccabe at akleg.gov or you can uh, call in and uh, tell the LIO operator that you'd like to testify for HB 61 or you can also tell them you'd just like to be on uh, community and regional regional affairs uh, to testify. And probably HB 61 would be good so they can identify you in the queue. I think we're hearing two bill test uh, public testimonies on, on Tuesday so um, and I'm trying to pull up the number, but it's easy enough to get on the AK leg website and, uh, I, or I can put the number in, in here and, uh, that uh, goes directly to Juno. There's, there's a series of numbers depending on where you're located in the state.
2: And, uh, and this again is happening on Tuesday morning at 8am. Is that the, that's the time frame? That's correct. All right. So, Send an email. Terry in the chat room says do both call and email. So again, 8 a.m. Tuesday, the Community and Regional Affairs Committee will be hearing HB 61, which is this free market bill that prevents uh, municipalities and governments from being able to shut down essential businesses in time of crisis, specifically uh, gun stores and sporting goods stores, and just treat them like every other business, which I think a lot of these businesses just proceeded ahead anyway. But I think it's good to have it in law so that we can be preventing that. And uh, they can go find the bill at Community Regional Affairs, and they can find it in basis. I'm sure to read all the details on it.
4: Right. Yep. They sure right. can. Okay. And uh, you know, we're. Uh, I think the uh, the aides are uploading community or um. um committee aides are uploading all the documents in there so you can see the emails that that we get as well so all of that will be in there and you can see that the the folks that are writing in most of them are saying well i own guns and i'm a hunter but I don't I disagree with this. So it's, right. it's the big government will take care of all groups that, that, that are um, <laughs> are concerned about it as well. All right.
2: Well Kevin hold the line for just a second, folks. We got more coming up. The Michael Duke show continues. One final segment, gun QA. The phone lines are open and got some calls on hold right now. We'll be back with more right after this. All right, Kevin McCabe is still with us real quick. I just want to see if there's anything else Kevin wanted to say before we let him go this morning. Kevin, any final thoughts here on this and how we need to push back and, and anything that Dr. Lott said that struck uh, struck with you or anything else?
4: Well, I, I agree with everything Dr. Lott said. I mean, I, I was a kind of half asleep rolling around listening to it, but, uh, you know, there's uh, – there's so much of this that's uh, not being talked about i mean especially you go down the the road of the number of these folks Well, you and i have talked about this before but the number of these guys that uh, have been on uh, psychotropic uh, drugs where we you know boys crock and i talked about this all the time you know boys will be boys they're going to go throw rocks and break windows and be boys and if we put them on Ritalin or these psychotropic drugs just to calm them, calm down their boy behavior, then what are we doing to them, you know? So.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I think that uh, that is <clears throat> part of the problem that we're seeing here is we don't know what the long-term effects of many of these psychotro- psychotropics are, uh, especially when they're taken by uh, prepu- uh, prepubescent and, and uh and teenagers who are going through their adolescent changes and everything, I think it's a I think it's a real problem for sure. All right, Kevin. Well thank you for calling in and explaining yeah. the bill. I really appreciate that. And we will try and get uh we'll make sure we mention it again on Tuesday morning. In fact, if you want to call in or have Kathy call in at 7 o'clock on Tuesday morning just to talk about the bill for 10 minutes or something just to get people fresh and maybe get some other folks on it because Firearms Friday, we don't have as many people here, I think, listening. So maybe if you could talk, Kathy, or you could come in at 7 o'clock between Brad Keithley and Chris Story, we'd have a good uh, quick 10-minute conversation on it.
4: Yeah, that'd be really good. I appreciate that.
2: Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Kevin. Thanks for being part of it today. Appreciate you calling in and explaining it. We will talk to you again soon. Um, all right, let's uh, go over here. We got two more callers on hold. I want to get some names here from who these people are, uh, and let them know that we're uh, we're going to be taking their calls here in just a hot second. So let me unmute this call here, and we'll see who this is. Good morning. Who is this? Where are you calling from?
0: Morning, Mike. This is Larry in North Pole.
2: Okay, Larry. We'll hold the line for a second. You'll be first in the queue. We got Larry in North Pole and let's go to the other one to see who this person is. Good morning, who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning. This is Jay in North Pole. Okay, Jay. So hold the line. So we got Larry and Jay both from North Pole. North Pole is a popular spot today. So we're going to talk to both of you here in just a minute. We're going to return to the radio here in uh, just over 90 seconds. So hold the line here and we'll be uh, we'll be back to you here uh, in just a moment. Let me go back to the chat room. Um I want to see if we have time to take this question from Clark in the chat room. Uh, he said, and f- and feel free if you would like to answer Clark in your in your mind, feel free to answer Clark here in the chat room as well. Uh, but again, be kind. I mean, I don't uh, – I think he's asking a legitimate question that's been asked by many people, and we should know what it is. Clark says, I would very much like to be educated on why anyone needs more than a hunting rifle or a shotgun, uh, to which, uh, I mean, my argument – would be, you know, well, why do you need more than a Facebook account? Or why do you need more than a Twitter account? Because it's your right to express yourself uh, in the First Amendment through any one of the channels that you want. And if I want to have a AR-15, simple for plinking or for hunting, because an uh, AR-15 is still a hunting rifle. It is used for hunting in many places. Um, then, uh, then I think that that is my right. Uh, if I want to defend myself, if I want to collect, maybe I just want to collect it because why, you know, why would people collect <clears throat> bobblehead dolls or teacups or anything else?, uh, that is because it's their right to do so., um, And again, in the substitution game of of uh, you know, substituting the First Amendment for the Second Amendment, I think the most powerful argument is, Because I can. I can have a Twitter account and a Facebook account and a LinkedIn account and a Yelp account and a this account and a that. And I can have my say because it's my right to do so. Um, And because the Second Amendment is not just about hunting. Uh, That's the other uh, fallacy, I think, in your question is that it's not just about hunting. It's about self-defense. It's about protecting yourself uh, from enemies, foreign and domestic. It's, you know, footpads and things. And by the way, that's, that's the whole point. So, um, that's that's my that's my answer. And folks are entering are answering more in the chat room here. Here we go. Okay, <clears throat> continuing now the Michael Luke Show. It is Firearms Friday. We are continuing on. We got a couple more calls here, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk uh, talk with them real quick. Uh, we don't have much time. I know I got Willie Waffle coming up at the end of the show for our weekly entertainment review. The phone lines are open at 907-433-3150. Larry is in North Pole. Let's start off with Larry and uh, see what uh, see what he has to say this morning. Good morning, Larry. What's on your mind?
0: Oh good morning, Michael. I just thought I'd let the general public know about the uh, the spring shopper expo going on at the Goshawk Building today. It's uh, also got the gun show uh, incorporated with it, and um, that uh, starts at two today and runs till seven p.m. Two to seven p.m. today, and then tomorrow, uh, ten a.m. to six p.m. and then Sunday. Uh eleven AM until five PM. Okay. And um that uh, got you off there on airport road, uh in shoppers forum.
2: Okay, so and, big um, big spring shopping you know, expo and uh, gun show.
0: Yeah. And um yeah, um, there's a lot of craft stuff and, and whatnot in there also. But um one of the other things I was gonna mention last time I talked to you Almost every time you come on, before you come on or right after your program's over, they put on a Brady thing that says that uh, 65 people commit suicide a day with firearms. Is, is there any truth in that?
2: Uh, that's probably about right. Yeah, I mean, again, if you look at the number of firearms deaths in the country, it's upwards of between thirty-five and 40,000, but only 10,000 of them or so are actual homicides. So, yeah, it, uh, that probably is about right for the number of people who commit suicide with firearms. My question is, do they talk about the actual number of overall suicides in, in that same thing? Probably not.
0: Yeah, well, it's better than what happened uh, down home. Uh, a kid that uh, his dad was a doctor, and they named the kid Richard Head, and they shortened it to uh, yep. Dick. <laughs> yeah. And at about uh, seventeen years old, he couldn't take it. He got his dad Lincoln and uh, took out about half a dozen people when he crashed through a building.
2: Yeah. No, I mean and he, left,
0: he left a note.
2: Yeah. And that was exactly the reason why. Exactly. I mean, and I think the point is, is what Dr. Lott was talking about. I mean, there are plenty of ways to commit suicide. I mean, Japan has one of the highest suicide rates in the in civilized society, and they don't have any guns. People throw themselves off buildings or jump in front of trains or do whatever. Uh, so it, where there's a will, there's a way. I mean, I think that again speaks to the mental health issues we have in this country more than anything else. Larry, thank you so much for your call. Let's uh, go over here and talk to uh, Jay from North Pole. Uh, he is also with us this morning. Let's uh, see what uh, what he has to say. Good morning, sir. What's on your mind? Good morning. Thanks for the program. Thanks for so calling I'll
7: in. try and make it quick. I know you said you were short on time. Uh I just had this thought going through my head recently. I was playing video games with my kid. Do you play any video games yourself like a first person shooter?
2: Yeah, sometimes I do. Yeah, I've played games with that and with my with my own kids I've done the same thing.
7: Yeah. They put a surprising amount of detail in some of those games with the with the modifications you can have on a gun, different gun skins, things of that nature. Sure. I'd always kind of wondered why certain gun companies don't reach out.
2: Are you still with us, Jay, or did we lose your call? Did you break up? Uh, Looks like Jay may have his call. He's been on hold for 15 minutes and his call just dropped now. Jay, you're welcome to call back and finish your thought, but I think I can extrapolate your question. Uh, from what you were saying there, um, so feel free to call back Jay if you wanna if you wanna ask the question again. I know you were on hold for a while for some reason. I just lost your call, um, but I think what you were gonna ask is um, why haven't the gun companies reached out to the video various video game companies and licensed or included their you know their uh, uh, their products in those games? And I think in some cases. Uh, video games uh, companies have acquired, if not a license, at least permission from some of these companies to uh, to put those items in game. Uh, because again, when you're modeling, and some of, you're right, some of the games, Call of Duty and some of the other ones, they have very realistic modeling of some of the firearms. So I'm assuming that somewhere in the na- in the in line there there is a lawyer involved, you know, somewhere giving permission or doing something like that. Um, but uh, let's see if this is you again here to uh, get you back. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
7: Yeah, this is Jay. Sorry about that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it was, uh, I'd always kind of wondered if uh, there was any going to be any collaboration between different gun manufacturers or the NRA involved in any of those games kind of to make people, well, as you like to put it, gun curious. It seems like that would be a really good way to reach out and maybe reach some of these dark blue states, get new generations involved in the sport.
2: I you know it, that's an interesting comment because I I thought you were going in a different direction with it. Uh, I don't know if there would ever be a collaboration in that regard because I can already see the headlines now, can't you? The New York Times and stuff saying NRA trying to steal the minds of our children and doing all this other kind of stuff um, because they would you know dare to collaborate with video game companies on making you know more realistic firearms or whatever in game. I can already see the headlines being you know loud and glaring, um, but there are many many. Games that model firearms very accurately, based on uh, you know, based on real-world firearms and everything else. I think some of the, I think, I mean, I've spoken to people who have gone out and and taken up shooting based on what they have seen or what they've experienced in video games because they were interested to see what the real thing was like, Uh, and they didn't become major shooters, but they did find some, you know, they did find some some uh, enjoyment in it. So. I mean, I think that there could be some crossover. I don't know how much because, again, I think what most people realize is that that as that, that is fiction and that it's fantasy, and uh, you know, I I think that that's probably just good enough for that. Um, and uh, I don't see a big collaboration coming down the uh, coming down the road. Jay, thank you for your call, folks. We're coming up against it here. We've got more coming up here in just a moment. Willie Waffles going to be joining us from WaffleMovies.com. The Michael Duke Show continues. It is your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll be back with more right after these messages don't go anywhere.
3: Streaming live every weekday mornings on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com.
2: Okay, wow, this has been a fast show today, super fast show. Uh, Let me close the phone lines for you guys there. Goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye. All right, we closed the whole phone lines there. Let me check my email to see what else you guys have been talking about. Um, See what's going on. Um, oh, that's a question about Willow, not about guns so we'll skip that. Let's go back over to the chat room um all right. So what else we got going on here uh people answering Clark's question, which again, I think it uh, uh I I think it was a valid question um and uh I think uh you know I think it's been answered well in the chat room and hopefully I answered it well enough in that short period of time to, Make you think about it. That's, uh, you know, other people said, why does a mechanic need more than a crescent wrench? Why would you need more than one wrench or a screwdriver? Because tools are specialized and not one fits all, uh, for sure. And again, I think it's just about choice. Um, um, Clark, it is my Second Amendment right and I choose to practice it. I will hunt to protect myself and the ones I love. Uh, the the Second Amendment was put in place, as Gary, to ensure that people could fight back against tyrannical government. You know, again, all enemies, foreign and domestic. I think it's good stuff. Uh, it's a practical issue, says Brian. Rifles and shotguns are not practical when fishing, for example, or when hiking in country with cougars or bears. So there you go. It's uh, it's it's good stuff. Um, all right. <clears throat> Uh, Brian says his daughter has noticed the firearm skins in the games she's played. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guns out there that are, uh, that, a lot of games out there that uh, are uh, modeling the guns that, uh, that, that you can pick up and deal with. One of my favorite games uh, from a couple, uh, from a few years ago, I guess, was Tom Clancy's The Division, which was an amazing uh, game that um, ironically had to deal with a pandemic that killed a vast majority of the population uh, but dealt exclusively with the uh, uh, the dealt uh, it was it, they prided themselves on how, how accurate their gun uh, modeling was because it was it was amazingly accurate um, so anyway that's a that's a good uh, that's a good. One to look at the division, and then they came out with the second one, the division two. And they were both, they were both very good. I really enjoyed it. I spent a lot of hours in those games in my spare time uh, playing those games. Um, again, especially, specifically since they were uh, so accurately modeled in gear and everything else. Uh, okay, what else we got going on? Um, Rick, please turn the wind off. Is it windy down there today? I don't know. I came uh, came up to Fairbanks yesterday, so I'm just uh, getting things ready. I am going to be doing the Open North American Championships today. If you're in Fairbanks and you want to uh, uh, come out and say hi, I'm going to be out at the Mushers Hall starting at 1 p.m. And then, of course, we got tomorrow and uh, Sunday as well. Uh, It's going to be 1 p.m. both days at the Mushers Hall as we broadcast uh, the thing. Where do I get my spare time? you got to make it sometimes, my friend. Or you lose sleep. That's what I've been doing on the weekends. I've been doing some gaming on the weekends, and I'm staying up way too late and screwing up my sleep schedule completely. But um, it's hard. It's, it's hard. It's not, uh, it's not as easy as it used to be to find spare time to do that kind of stuff. So uh, it's, it's, not, it's not easy. It's not easy doing it. But you got to take time for yourself to relax, enjoy yourself, immerse yourself in something that is not real life. You know what I mean? Um, so sometimes you got to do it. Uh, I wish, uh, I wish I had a little more spare time sometimes, but it is, you got to make the time, I guess is the bottom line. You got to make the time. Okay. All right. So SBS Homer only receives my business in the time of emergency on my behalf. Definitely not my first choice because of the sign on the door. What's the sign on the door, Bill? Do they have a sign on the door about firearms or what? If so, that would be surprising to me for an Alaskan business, but, I mean, I guess not that surprising since First National Bank of Anchorage also has that on every door for every one of their banks. Um. Uh, as first-person shooters, you said I played with my kids. The missing link always seems to be the parent, says Kevin. Uh, yeah, I mean, you gotta, I enjoy things. I play a lot of Overwatch with my kids, which is not super realistic, but it's fun. It's a first-person shooter. Uh, we've all played those games together. Um, my kids are all part of the geek generation. I'm a geek dad, and we've got geek kids for the geek generation. That's what it's all about. Uh, all right, well, my phone is buzzing, and we gotta jump to it here. Uh, we're about 20, put Willie on hold here. All right, uh, so, uh... We got everything ready, and we're going to jump into it. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share, like and share, like and follow, and uh, let's let's de let's de-escalate now and relax with a little bit of entertainment stuff. Okay, uh, let's uh, let's get into this here. I got no music for you today. No music for you. We're just going to jump into this with Willie Waffle, wafflemovies.com. He comes on board to uh, chat with us every week about movies and streaming and entertainment news and everything else. So let's just uh, get things started, shall we? And see what uh, he has to say. Good morning, sir. How are you? Well, I'm doing really well. I'd start
5: singing my own music, but I think there are copyright issues. Yeah, I think that might
2: be copyrighted. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, Big girls don't cry, too. I mean, they'd really be mad about that. Okay. (laughs) Uh, All right. So let's get started here. Um, Entertainment news. um, We could talk about Broadway. I mean, do we want to talk about Broadway first? Is that where we start? Well, yeah, Broadway heading to the theater, yes, well, to the movie theater,
5: and uh, so this is actually something that's been in the works for a while. Those of us who follow pop culture, those of us who are music fans, know that uh, Ariana Grande hasn't been doing much lately. Well, that's because she's been making a movie. They're making a movie version of the hit Broadway play, Wicked and uh, this uh, this film has been moved up a little bit. So it's supposed to come out in twenty twenty four at Christmas time. But somebody looked at the calendar and went, "Oh no, Avatar three is coming out at Christmas time, twenty twenty four. We don't stand a chance. So they decided to bring it out a little bit early. So, Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Wicked part one will be in theaters in thanksgiving of twenty twenty four. and they have to
2: make it part one because it's huge, right? I it's huge. Yeah, it's
5: really long. they they've made it basically you know long enough to be two different movies. The first one will be like I said, next uh, next Thanksgiving. and the uh, the second movie will be in twenty twenty five possibly at christmas because there's no avatar at christmas in 2025
2: <laughs> right right uh wicked i mean i've never seen it uh i hear good things about it i hear it's you know it's this is the origin story right of glinda yeah, and, and yeah. uh and yeah, the, the, good witch the good and the witch, witch, and, and, the witch. And,
5: and the wicked witch of the west uh back before everything happened at the wizard of oz movie and uh, we see how they used to be friends and okay. we see what tore them apart
2: all right a little backstory it's not necessarily a bad thing i guess we'll see what it looks like when it's all said yeah. and done, but good ratings. I mean, I I've heard nothing but good stuff about the musical or about the, the Broadway show. So I guess yeah, and that's, that's good. You know,
5: they're, they're going to add in a couple new songs because you know, they got to do that to make some extra money. And the part that I'm very excited about is that the wizard is going to be played by jeff goldblum oh God. oh my lord
2: uh, i can't imagine i can't imagine all right um i know you want to talk a little bit about the oscars because you know it happened and i mean i was happy to announce that everything everywhere all at once and the whale were the big winners on this i mean this is a huge deal i think finally yeah. an every person's movie makes it in there and does well uh but uh i think they're starting to see too that the trend continues Not the greatest Oscar. In fact, the third worst Oscar, right?
5: Yeah, third worst rated Oscars in history. Uh, You know, below the uh, the twenty the twenty rating or twenty million viewers. Pardon me. Uh, This one came in at uh, at eighteen point eight million viewers. The third worst rated Oscars. However, it was a thirteen percent bump above the twenty twenty two version of the Oscars. Right. And it still outdrew the Grammys by like you know twelve million viewers. And it's the highest audience of any award show anywhere since the 2020 Oscars that happened before COVID. But this ain't changing things, people. Yeah, I
2: just, (laughs) again... (laughs) <laughs> uh, I made a joke about you know to one of my local television guys. He wanted to send me a, a radio spot to uh, pr- you know to promote the Oscars, and he said something about it, like, oh, getting the popcorn and I sent him an email back saying, or I could just sit on the couch with my move with my wife and watch a movie, and then look at the twenty minute recap later on on Twitter. And he was like, uh, not funny, man. Uh, well, Ed, the Twitter recap is where you got to see
5: the best part of the Oscars. The one part that I really love the most. When Cocaine Bear made his appearance,
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean you get to see the good stuff. You get to see the good speeches. You get to see Brandon, uh, 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 Brandon Fraser, you know, yep. get a little tearful. You get to see uh, Michelle Yao, and you, I mean, and, and Quan, uh, uh, Quan, I can't remember his last K- name. K- Ky Quan. Ky Quan, yep. yeah. And that yep. guy, I mean, he gave a speech that just raised goosebumps on my arm. So I mean, you get to see the good stuff without having to sit through three hours of dreck.
5: Yeah, let me tell you the 3 hours of direct was direct baby. It was a bland Oscars this year, my friends. Aside from like, you know, those really fun moments, that was about it. Yeah. Believe me, there was no excitement when they gave away the best sound category or the the sh- the short form documentary animated or whatever else they did. Yeah, it was it was not happening. Yeah. Poor Jimmy Kimmel, his his whole hope was just Please don't let anybody hit anybody. Please don't yeah. let anybody hit anybody. Exactly. He got
2: it. He yeah. got it. <laughs> he made it, but that's it is. Uh All right. Well, let's move on. Um, Matlock, uh, one of my wife's grandmother's favorite shows. I mean, she loved, she watched that. She watched her some Matlock. And now they're, of course they are. They're rebooting it.
5: This has got to be the final reboot. This has to be like, you know, you've hit the bottom of the barrel. When you're doing a Matlock reboot, and uh, who's gonna who's gonna be Matlock? You ready for this? You ready for this?
2: Oh man, I can't wait.
5: Kathy Bates. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, <laughs> Kathy Bates, who's a wonderful actress. But yeah, she's she even she's got to be going, dude. I'm cashing a paycheck. All right. Yeah, baby? that's all she's yeah. doing. <laughs> cashing
2: a paycheck. Cashing a paycheck. You know, the thing is with these reboots is that none of them do extraordinarily well. I mean, I think the only one. I mean, Magnum P.I. didn't last but, like, a season. I think Hawaii 5 is really the only one that's, you know, done fairly well. It had multiple seasons. But most of these reboots are just like, nah, you can't capture yeah. the magic, you know?
5: You get a couple of years, maybe. I mean, like, Matlock, or not Matlock, uh, Magnum P.I., you're right, got, like, one season but then it got picked up by NBC, so they they've gotten basically a second season okay. out of it. You know, Hawaii Five O was on for a long time, but always it, it was always like Friday nights, and the ratings weren't always that great, and you know, it was just kind of a, a filler in the scheduler or in the schedule. I'm with you. I I don't know what reboot has really been a big hit aside from. Land oscars this year my friends his whole hope was just please don't let anybody hit anybody please don't yeah. let anybody hit anybody for a long time but always it, it was always like friday nights and the ratings weren't always that great and you know it was just kind of a, a filler in the scheduler or in the schedule i'm with you i i don't know what reboot has really been a big hit aside from star trek Picard. Oh
2: yeah, except <laughs> stuff. But that wasn't. That, was that really a reboot? That's no, just like more a, continu- of a continuation. Yeah, it's a yeah. continuation. You're not retelling. <laughs> you know? You're not telling retelling the next generation all over again. It's the continuation. It's a sequel, you know. But when they reboot the same thing over and over, it's just oh man, get a clue. Uh, you know, do something like Poker Face, which by the way, my oh, pick, so good, my pick of the week. Holy cow, what a great uh show that is. Um, all right, Tarantino, his last film question mark
5: yes so quentin tarantino uh for the last few years has been saying he he only wants to make 10 movies he doesn't want to be directing movies after the age of 60 but hey he's available to do limited series and things on streaming just so you know people don't get the wrong idea just just
2: in case you were wondering he just doesn't want to do any more movies
5: yeah but, you know, I, this sounds like a very interesting idea. So so any day now is expected that Quentin Tarantino is going to start talking to studios about his last movie, which is rumored to be The Movie Critic. Okay. Now, what is The Movie Critic? Well, according to what we've heard and, and what, you know, people who have talked to Tarantino over the years and all the rumors that are flying around, it is a movie about legendary movie critic Pauline Kael. And it would take place in the late 1970s at a time when she was convinced by Warren Beatty to stop being a movie critic and to start being a consultant at Paramount Pictures. And those who know the story know it did not
2: go well. <laughs> it was a hot mess. huh? It was a hot mess. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's an interesting take for Tarantino since he's, you know, that's not his normal you know kind of genre of this you know biopic kind of thing um, true No, but I think what, I think what he'll do is, you know, he loves capturing a period. Uh,
5: you know, I think it's going to be akin to his last movie, you know, about, about the, about, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I mean, I think that's what it's going to be. What was Hollywood like in the late seventies, that crazy time, you know, that you, what were the people like, what was the scene like, what were people thinking about? I think he's going to bring that to life in such an amazing way and, kind of capture that that movement of hollywood studios from being kind of these independent companies to becoming parts of corporations. Right. And, and, the, and the way they started seeking out the big blockbuster after things like jaws made a lot of money and star Wars made a lot of money and we started getting more sequels. And yeah, I think that could be a very, very interesting take. I, I, I'm actually looking forward to this. I, I okay. think it could be really cool. They just have to get the right person to play Pauline kale. And I, I, Ooh, I don't know. Kathy Bates is already doing Matlock, baby, uh. so I don't know.
2: <laughs> All right, a uh, final piece of news, uh, Superman. We heard James Gunn. Yes. Uh, we, maybe now we know why Henry Cavill has been uh, kicked to the curb. He's been kicked
5: to the curb because they're going to bring out Superman Legacy, uh, which sounds like it's going to be a reboot of Superman, um, written and directed by James Gunn. Yeah, it turns out James Gunn, is like the the general manager or the owner of a sports team who comes in, buys it, and says, "You're all fired. I'm bringing in my own people," and that's what he's going to do with Superman.
2: <laughs> he's just like, "Oh no, nope, we're done. Nobody else. Don't like anybody here, uh, including Henry Cavell, which is really weird because he's like that in, is weird. He's been one yeah. of the best Superman ever, you know. Um, but yeah, that's it's kind of weird. But James Gunn can make movie magic. He's very good. He's been somewhat successful. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, um, yeah. all right, uh, let's move on to the streams. Um, we've got Shazam, we've got Boston Strangler, and you got one more series you were just talking about.
5: Yeah, you know, I you know, let me talk to you a little bit. This is kind of interesting. It's on Amazon Prime. It's a series called Swarm, and it's really kind of off kilter and different. It's almost like a a horror comedy uh, series. You have this young lady, Dominique Fishback. She is this troubled young lady. She's obsessed with this, like, Beyonce-like superstar. And as her life starts to spiral out of control, so does her support of this superstar. And the way she interacts with other people who don't like this superstar. And it starts to
2: get nasty, baby. Yeah, that's weird. Okay. All right, but is it good? Is it negative one to four waffles good? Where are we at? I'm going two and a half waffles. I think that, you know,
5: Fishback makes it worth watching because it's such a weird performance that's so captivating. You know, like like trying to get in the headspace of somebody who clearly has trouble, but also has to make you laugh once in a while. And, and that's okay. a really interesting mix to see. And I was really surprised to see Paris Jackson show up in one episode. Yeah. Yes, Michael's daughter who was pretty darn good in this thing.
2: Okay. All right. So yeah. Swarm on Amazon Prime. Uh, that takes us over to The Boston Strangler.
5: Yeah, which is actually a pretty good movie. This is on Hulu, so you'll be able to watch it at home. Uh, you got Kira Knightley. She's kind of this first reporter who's starting to realize that the Boston Strangler murders, so it's set back in the time of the Boston Strangler murders, that they're related that, they're, that that there's, that it must be the same person because she starts seeing this and starts seeing the patterns and she wants to report on it but she's an entertainment features reporter. She ah. writes about home life. <laughs> she writes about Things that they made women write about in the 1960s. So, you know, because she's come across something and she's proven herself, she's teamed up with this other veteran uh, investigative reporter played by Carrie Coon, and they are going to try to get to the bottom of it. And along the way, they are going to upset a lot of apple carts, my friend, especially the Boston PD.
2: Okay. All right. Uh, You say it's pretty good. So how does that play out negative one to four waffles? What do we say?
5: I'm going three waffles. I think, you know, I wish we had, more about the mystery and the case of the Boston Strangler and the multiple suspects and, and the questions about whether or not they arrested the right guy. Right. Um. You know, there, are you know, it, maybe that's a different movie because this movie is, as you might imagine, a lot about female empowerment, fighting the system, <laughs> overcoming the misogyny, overcoming the chauvinist. Okay. And that's a pretty good movie too, but I'm saying three waffles.
2: All right. Three waffles. That leaves us with, shazam fury of the gods in theaters the is this the quietest like
5: superhero movie release that we've ever i I think
2: so i haven't hardly heard anything i've seen one trailer and that was like two months ago
5: yeah it's almost like dc is just like dude we we've like restarted really just the movie is more of a showcase for cgi I really believe it's more of a showcase for CGI. So it's more about, look at these crazy creatures that these evil people can create. And you don't really get a lot of great witty witty dialogue. You don't get a lot of great characters here. I'm saying one and a half waffles. Although, there is a big surprise towards the end. And yes, two scenes during the credits.
2: Okay, we'll have to watch it. Uh, Shazam! Fury of the Gods in theaters. I'll wait for the stream. Willie, thank you so much for coming in. Folks, we are out of time. We got more coming up on Monday. We'll see you then. Have a great weekend. Um, you know, I didn't see the first Shazam, although I really kind of wanted to. I just haven't taken the time to watch it yet because it looked pretty fun. You know what I mean? It It looked like it wasn't taking itself too seriously
5: exactly it was so much fun it was goofy i mean you know basically a 14 year old just became superman right and they had a ton of fun with that and they and and the whole idea that he had to hide his identity and you know who was going to believe that he was shazam and and you know how was he going to take on all these all this evil that was around him i mean it was really really great and uh and it's disappointing to see this just kind of fall by the wayside it's like they sucked all the fun energy out of it, and they made it way too serious. And it's just la. Ah,
2: uh, it's too bad. All right, well, I'll try and catch the first one, and then may I'll wait for the second one to hit the streams. That'll be fine. As I was saying earlier, my pick of the week is Poker Face with uh, yeah. with uh, what's her name De Leon, uh, Natalie. No, what's her name? Um, oh God, I'm Natasha De Leon. Yeah. Um, and
5: Natasha Leon, Leon,
2: I'm sorry, Leon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and what a great, uh, what an interesting series it's done by Ryan Johnson, the guy who did the knives out. Um, and he is the producer director, whatever creator of it. Um, and it's, it's super interesting storytelling. It really is. Um, and the first one just gets you going by the throat. And then it's, I think it's eight or 10 episodes and each one is like its own little self contained deal. And uh, it's super cool. Although I, my wife and I both looked at each other and said, why are you confronting the killer now? Uh, a couple of times, you know, but I mean, overall, what a what a cool series. Yeah, really cool series. I mean, the 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 uh,
5: the the kind of the angle on it is that she is this woman who has this remarkable ability to tell if you're lying. Yeah, she's like and a she, human lie she, detector. Yeah. yeah. So she kind of becomes like Maverick or Peter Falk or Columbo, you know, you know, kind of stumbling her way through solving these little mysteries and helping these people as she's on the run from some very powerful, very dangerous people. Yeah, And, uh, you know, and and it really, I mean, it did feel to me a lot like one of those cool seventies detective
2: shows. (laughs) Well, I think that's intentional right down to the title sequence, right? I mean, right down to the title sequence.
5: Yeah, absolutely. And, I enjoyed it. It's going to come back for a season two. Peacock made the announcement that, uh, oh, my God, we have something that people want to watch. Yeah. Let's let's bring another one in. Bring another
2: season (laughs) in. Uh, I also got a chance to watch season two of Carnival Row uh, on Amazon Prime, which I had been waiting for. Um, I thought it was good. Um, I said I didn't think it was good as the first season. My wife said, you're crazy. That was better than the first season. So your mileage may vary, but, again, a super interesting, super cool story. If you like, I don't even know what it is, steampunk fantasy? uh, Yeah, Pre-industrial
5: steampunk is a good way to put it.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's kind of an industrial, it's some kind of alternative reality where the industrial era happened and there's elves and trogs and and all different kinds of stuff that are, anyway, it's super cool. I really enjoy it. Um, So go check that out as well. Any final thoughts? Any final things, Willie, we should be watching besides Picard?
5: Wheel of Time is coming back in November. I know nobody's excited about that. Yep. Yeah, we talk about that. You're dead to me. You are. And then uh, what was the other? Oh, the other big news: Disney Plus has given up on the Willow series.
2: Oh, I saw that. There, I saw that. Yeah, that's too bad. But the
5: the days of just having tons of money to throw at streaming have come to an end.
2: Well, The Last of Us is out. All of it's out now. I haven't watched that yet, so I'm looking forward to that. And then, of course, I'm waiting for the last episodes of Mando to drop so we will have good tv to watch Willy waffle thanks my friend i appreciate it
5: well you're welcome or you can be like me and just enjoy it one little week shush
2: shush (laughs) that is heresy absolute heresy i will tell you that for nothing uh thank you my friend i appreciate you coming on board folks we will see you on monday have a great weekend